On this week of Overdue, we had Rohan Haranian. He is a senior at U of I that's graduating in the coming three weeks. And we talked about how he co-founded Galeon with our previous guest, Evan Waller. Mr. Harani, how are, how are you doing? Wonderful. Interesting. I could ask you what the highlight of your day was, but I know that that's your question. <laughs> you know, what's, what's been the highlight of your day? So highlight of my day? Um, we pitched Galleon today for the first time to businesses and closed our first deals. Oh, wow. There will be okay. uh, upcoming partnership announcements soon. Mm. That was fun. Yeah, I'd ask for more details, but I'd imagine that's gonna come out with the yeah. Give yeah. it a, give um, it a week. You said something about like ten minutes ago off the podcast that I just want you to repeat again to like everyone to hear because I think that I thought it was really interesting about the whole like you like look at like all the things that you've done, what you're known for, and how it's changed over time. Yeah. Right? So could you just like say that one more time because I think that that's really interesting. Um. Yeah. Well, we have this one event where, uh, in in the business frat I'm in where. Everyone wears a white shirt, and people just write things on that white shirt that are jokes that are relevant to that person. And I was thinking about it, like freshman year and sophomore year, all the jokes that were written on my shirt were all about like the RSOs or clubs I was joining, and a lot of it was related to consulting because that was kind of like my personal brand at the time. Like, oh, this is like a consulting hardo, and that's all he cares about. (laughs) And maybe at the time it was. I drank the Kool-Aid that I was fed. Um, But now it's all about basically recess, Tuesday toast, and, and galleon. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, no, I think it's like, I don't know, it's weird, like, sitting in this chair as a freshman, right? Because, like, we're going to, I don't know what we're going to be like in three years, which is, like, crazy to think about. And that, that's honestly, like, a perfect example of, like, it could change drastically. Like, you probably had no idea freshman year that it was going to be recess, galleon, and Tuesday toast, and that's yeah. what it is now, so. Yeah, here we are. But, okay. Well, I think you guys are doing the right thing by starting this early. <sighs> we'll see. We'll, we'll let it marinate a little bit, yeah. <laughs> and then see where it ends up. Um, but yeah, let's go through, if you want to go through, yeah, let's go through like, actually, no, no, no. I want to ask you this first. I want, I want to hear about that Rohan rendezvous. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's what we wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, yeah. So basically two weeks ago on a Monday night, I was at dinner with Aiden Murphy and I was like, how funny would it be if we got all the Rohans together on campus and just kind of create an event? And so I sent out the spontaneous email the next morning, subject line, Assembling all Rohans at UIUC, I said, um, greetings, gentlemen. My name is Rohan, and so is yours. Um, <laughs> giant Rohan Rendezvous, 4 p.m. Saturday, April 22nd, volleyball courts. Be there and bring everyone you know named Rohan. Not Rahul, not Raj, not Ritvik, only Rohan. Um, be there. You got the whole script memorized. And <laughs> Yeah, and sent that to about 156 Rohans, hmm. and I thought it would go nowhere. There was about like 16 people that clicked reply all. And so it created this whole chain of social proof of people being like, um, hi, Rohan, this is Rohan here. Sincerely, Rohan, I'll see you there. Um, Then I realized I also sent it to UIC people because they're in the Illinois system. And so I got people responding saying, hey, I'm driving down from Chicago. Um, I got three spots in my car. Anyone else want to join? I got people saying we should do a Rohan bar crawl. Let's create a group me around this. Someone was saying, can I bring my friend Rohan who goes to like Iowa and is out of state? So it turned into this whole like big deal. And then of course, Saturday rolls around and it's like 40 degrees and so no one wants to come play volleyball. But we had a good like 17 people there. So it's a fun random event. That's cool. I, I don't know how like I would never think of that. Like that's such like a it's interesting because like we, we like well, my friend Max is down here and like we were talking about it, he's like, were you high or something like because like, that's no. such like an interesting like thought. of like. So um, a few weeks back now, there's what, three weeks left of school. A few weeks back, there was on a, when there was 100 days left before graduation, I'm a senior now. Um, someone in one of my senior group chats said, not to be that guy, but there's only a hundred days till we graduate and everyone's disliking the text, like, boo, like, don't remind us. Like, we're so sad. I was like, hold on, this is kind of empowering. And so my inner nerd came out and I went on Excel and I wrote down, uh, 45 things I want to do in the last 90 days before graduation. And so some of them were pretty like normal things like try fat sandwich or do a pub cycle or things Mm -hmm. like that. Some of them were a little bit more out there, like. Uh, go play the recorder in front of alma mater in an anonymous mask and have like a tip jar um, and just things have that are you like done that? Yeah. not yet. I was waiting for it to get a little bit warmer, but okay. it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, an excuse out here. I have the recorder <laughs> in my room. Don't worry. Um, but it's kind of put me in this mindset of like try new things, be weird, and because all we have at the end of the day is the memories that we take to the grave, right? So yeah, yeah. cool stories. So that's that's cool. That's <laughs> awesome. I want to talk a little bit about, so you have a lot of things going on. Uh, you're, you got recess going on. You got Galleon, Tuesday Toast. Um, 
a lot and you have a very like entrepreneurial mindset and that's what a lot of us freshmen know you for and we know you like that so I just want to ask you like how did that what how did that kind of stem like how did that mindset stem my parents are very entrepreneurial um, especially my dad my mom's a doctor and my dad always had these like entrepreneurial dreams and so he kind of leveraged what my mom was good at and created like a supplement business and their own doctor's practice and I kind of grew up in this environment where they always told us take risks and whatever happens happens you can always resort to something safer but try it while you're young um and so freshman year uh, I had an internship lined up for the summer after to do sales in Atlanta for a pest management company I was actually pretty excited door to door um but then COVID hit that year and basically that got canceled so I'm like okay now what now I can either there's a few options either I go and find a different internship somehow some way or I kind of just like take it easy this summer or dabble with entrepreneurship. So the first thing I do when I found out my internship was canceled, I go into my room, search up on my laptop, how to make money online, right? I went through all these different <laughs> things and I was looking for the ones that were the most passive in, in the sense of needed the least work or I could create mm. something once and then just let that kind of do its thing, not mm. have to, not like a service business, right? And so I saw create a course. I was like, oh, brilliant, I got an idea. So I go into my sister's room, knock on the door and I'm like, hey, Serena, We've been making spray paint art for years. You're so good at this. Why don't we share that passion with the world? And why don't we hmm. teach people how to make spray paint art? She's like, yeah, great idea. We did our research. We're like, there's no courses like this, like uh, whatever. And we start building this course and like 75% the way done, we realize, wait, maybe there's a reason there's no courses because you can learn this on YouTube for free. <laughs> so yeah. like, okay, let's yeah. pivot with this idea. And why don't we just sell the actual paintings we make, right? It's kind of like the stuff you see on beach boardwalks or city streets, yeah. the galaxies and things like that. And so we started to sell the paintings and it was the opposite problem where now there's too much demand. Um, there was people who wanted these paintings and they take hours to make and my sister was getting overwhelmed. So that's when I came to this like new solution of basically we take a, uh, a high quality photo of the painting we make, upload it. We like Photoshop it and Lightroom it just a little bit to make it like pop. And we send that to our print provider. Basically now we sell posters. So when someone clicks, uh, the, the company is called Simple Sprays. When someone clicks buy now on a painting, basically all we do is click one button that says fulfill and our print provider that has that photo of our painting will drop ship the painting poster to the end customer. So it's way less work on our end. So the idea to me of just like, there, you have this idea of what a business could be and then you have to pivot and then pivot again and pivot again and it's like to create whatever this end product's gonna be. That journey is so exciting for me. And so that's where I was like, this is what I want to do in the future. Yeah. So that was your, is that your freshman year of college? Right? That was summer after my freshman year of college. You know, like that's interesting. Cause like, so this, you really didn't get like kickstarted in this until college then. I'm trying to think. Um, I guess the first entrepreneurial experience I ever had was there was a, uh, some summer camp I was at for seventh grade. It was some academic thing. I don't remember what exactly, but it was 4th of July and we were all going to go see fireworks at some park. And I was like, guys, I have an idea. And I went with one friend to Walmart and we got a ton of like red, white, and blue beads. The whole box of beads was like, uh, like the necklaces. The whole box was about maybe like 10 bucks or so. Mm -hmm. And it had like a hundred beads in it. And so we buy that box. We go back to the, the dorm we were staying in at Virginia Tech, knocked on all the doors and we're like, do your deeds and get your beads. Um, happy <laughs> Fourth of July. And trying to get everyone in the spirit. And we would sell those for like $2 a bead or something like that. And so I was like, wow, arbitrage right there. And so we bought this one pack and we're able to sell it all around and create this like fun environment for 4th of July. And so that was my first, I guess, stab at it. Yeah, I was you're like, this is kind of cool. <laughs> hmm, interesting. Yeah, because like the reason why like that like was interesting to me is because like you've done so much, but it's only the majority of it's been in these last three years, right? Which I think is like a great sign for like freshmen as well as us It's like, yeah. If you haven't gotten started yet, like, it's okay. Time, like, man. that's, like, a big thing that I wouldn't say I, like, I don't stress over it at all. But, like, coming to college and I'm like, oh, like, all these, this kid's done this already. This kid's done that. It's like, well, what have I done? I played high school baseball. I, like, I did high school bowling, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, I don't know. That's Wait, good. That's kind of cool. Your high school had a bowling team? Yeah. You know, I was actually the uh, varsity bowling captain. You know? See, you know what's interesting, actually? A little tangent. Um that is way more interesting than doing a standard like internship or something like that. There was a, a good friend of mine now, um, he'd approached me after sophomore year. He's like, hey, Rohan, I'm in a dilemma right now. Uh, I, I want to get an, I, I need to get an internship, don't I? For after sophomore year so that my junior internship, I, I could have a better odds of getting it. 
He's like, I was like, yeah, cool. He's like, but the other option of what I actually want to do is do the Illini 4000 bike across the country where he starts in New York and ends up in California. He's like, but that's probably not going to prepare me professionally. I'm like, dude, you're going to have way more stories to talk about if you do this bike thing. Do not worry about this sophomore internship. Do what you love. And what's funny is when he was recruiting for his junior year internships, all they cared about was his bike journey. And they wanted to hear all the stories from that. So it's like, do what's exciting to you rather than what everyone else tells you you need to do in order to be successful. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like also like stories like that, when you like end up going to an interview to talk about it, the interviewer just sees the passion on, on mm-hmm. your face about it. Like, I'm sure if, if someone's biking 4,000 miles across the country, they got to be passionate about it to, yeah, exactly. to bike that far rather than maybe an internship they just got to write on their resume. So exactly, dude, I love that. That's that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So we got started. Well, not we. I just, I don't know. I use we all the time. But yeah, you started with Simple Spreads your freshman year of college. It's weird to think that like COVID was in like your college because that was my sophomore year of high school. Wow, which anyways, um. But yeah, so then where where do we go from there? Let's get a little like high level view of your college career. Probably probably be interesting for you to you know considering yeah, you're graduating like, in three weeks. But I haven't actually like reflected or thought about this really from the start of college. Let's think. So <clears throat> I come here freshman year as an out of state student from Washington D.C. Um, and I'm like, okay, I, I'm coming here to this business school because I want a good job. And what does what am I fed basically? That oh, accounting consulting, investment banking. You have to do one of these three in order to be successful in life. That's kind of the, that was my understanding of the world at the time, right? That was my worldview. And so I'm like, okay, accounting, uh, I hate. Survival of the fittest. I couldn't make it past Aki 202. I'll like, forget this. Banking was like, okay, there were some interesting aspects of it to me, but it felt a little bit too cyclical on a day-to-day. And I wanted a little bit more of like a diverse set of projects. And so I was like, okay, consulting is interesting, right? So I joined IBC first semester freshman year, and that's basically like the, the I'd like to call it the premier student consulting org on campus. It's yeah. just one of the many great ones. Um, and so from there, I guess not many people at the time, now it seems more common. There's a lot of studs these days. Uh, at the time, it didn't seem like many people did IBC as a freshman. So now these other people around me started to inject this confidence in me like, wow, Rohan got into IBC freshman year. He must be something. And I, I thought like... To me, I didn't think it was much, right? But that I'm like, wow, these other people are believing in me. Maybe I should believe in myself a little bit more. It's crazy how those things work. Um, so I did that, and then these people started to put that on me, and I was like, wow, maybe maybe I am that guy. Like maybe I got to start yeah. doing more. Yeah. You know, like these people expect a lot out of me. There was it was stressful at times, but then from there, I um, I was naturally interested in a lot of different things. So I did Prime, which is like the intro to banking. I did IPO, which is the intro to investment management. I did Nobi, which is like a tech and business org. Um, so I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I tried all these things, but then consulting seemed like it was what it was for me. Um, joined a business frat, which was great. Gave me a good group of friends and a lot of mentors that I could look up to in a lot of ways. Um, but throughout my, the first half of my college, IBC was like the core core thing I stuck with. Um, where I had like a different role each semester. And so I gained like new skills each time. What do you think, like, you said, like, all these people are hyping you up. Like, if you look at it, try to, like, through a, like, third-person perspective now, what do you think they saw in you? You know, because, like, if you, it's easier to look back now and be like, oh, I had this, I had that. But in the moment, you might not have realized it, right? Uh, okay, I, I think it's a lot of luck. Here, here's what I, okay, let me, let me give a story real quickly. It's not about me, but it's something I heard that was mm-hmm. so powerful. And then I'll tie it back to me yeah. right after that, right? But there was this guy giving a Toastmasters speech. Toastmasters just were whatever. People talk and give speeches, right? And he said there was this one guy who basically when he was in high school, he was kind of just like he would fool around. He hung out with a bunch of people doing drugs. His teachers didn't really respect him. He was getting bad grades, whatever, right? And so his mom's like, okay, uh, son, you have to take this test called the SAT if you want to go to college. He's like, I I don't know. Whatever. Fine. I'll take this test. Um, So he takes it. And... He gets a score and it's like a 1390, which is a really good score. And his mom's like, what? Like, how would you do that? Like, he's like, I, I swear I tried to cheat, but the way the scantrons were like, I, I couldn't. That's just the score I got. And he, and she's like, wow, OK. And so now he's like, damn, if I can get a 1380, maybe I am smart. Right. So he starts to hang out with different people. 
he starts to actually try in school. His teachers start to look at him differently, right? He eventually goes on. It was late in high school, so he goes to a community college, but then goes to Princeton University and became a huge magazine entrepreneur, right? And here's the crazy part. Periodically, the Princeton Review, they will basically do like audits and checks of the scores. So about eight years later, he gets a letter in the mail saying, hey, you were one of like the six scores that was wrong. You actually got like a 960. So this guy had this confidence and belief in himself, even though he wasn't actually that smart according to the standards of the SAT. But he, his whole life changed because of this philosophy, right? So now tying that back to me, I think the big switch for me was uh, freshman year spring semester. I had got – business fraternities are a um, – they're like a group on campus where – I don't even know how to explain it anymore. It's just like group of friends that are like also interested in business, right? And historically, they have there's about like 500, 600 people who rush for or try and get in, apply, and then maybe like 10 or uh, like 25 to 30 will get it. And so freshman year, I had gotten all five of the business fraternities because of pure luck, because I had met interesting people at certain times first semester freshman year where it just helped me get a foot in the door for each of those five. Total luck. But now people saw this and they're like, oh my God, he's the, he's the quint bid. They would use this term. And it bothered me so much at start because they just treated me like a number. Yeah. Um, but that injected confidence in me too, where I was like, wow, these people see me as something. Maybe I am something, you know, because I was pretty self-conscious coming into college. That was a spark for me that like made me realize like, wow, maybe there's, I have some potential or I could do things that I never thought I could do, which is weird to think about in hindsight. Yeah, that's, that's cool. So you, you got that confidence kind of freshman year, right? That like sparked you to keep on like, moving and getting and trying more and more new things um so um yeah so going on like past now we're going i guess past freshman year sophomore year we're mm-hmm. going through college did that confidence kind of like carry you into now you kind of like had figured out consulting was your thing right so or maybe but is did that confidence kind of carry into you wanting to further pursue consulting and like get more into it um no i think that's where i started to hit a a point of confusion. Um, like freshman year, early sophomore year, I was good. I was chilling. Early junior year and maybe end of sophomore year, I was hitting this point of like, what like what am I doing? What What is all this for? Um, this like artificial hype that people are putting on me. What have I actually done to deserve any of this? Um, and I, I did have this itch for entrepreneurship. So to put some context, that simple spray is that was the summer after fresh, freshman year. The next like uh, year until the following summer, I didn't really do too much with it. Um, we had gotten up to like 80,000 TikTok followers, getting good sales, things like that. But we kind of just put it on pause because it was too cold to make new paintings. Um, so the following summer, we tried it again and got some more traction there, was able to pivot the business in new ways. And I was like, man, I want to do something like this again. Either either continue this up or, or try something new. And I just couldn't find that opportunity at the start. Um, because I was still so tied down with IBC and these other commitments I was in. Um, and so I was kind of at this confusion point of, I don't know what, what I want to do, but it's something related to building stuff. Yeah. So I want, I want to hear more about that. So you were at like that confusion point. Was there something that like sparked you to get over that? I feel like, I feel like this is an interesting thing to me. This is also a perfect transition into Galleon, but continue. <laughs> yes. So early in college, I guess there was a few different opportunities to build things, right? Um, there was people that had approached me. There was, a few, there was two guys that approached me about starting an RSO with them. Um, there was one guy that approached me about building a Slack channel to, to send. Um, it would be like a monetized Slack channel to send like finance advice and stuff like that. Oh, uh, What's a Slack channel? Slack is basically like a, uh, a c- communication app. It's like a group okay. me. It's like an iMessage okay, okay. kind of thing. It's used a lot in like the professional world. Mm-hmm. Um, he just wanted to make like a, a, a Slack where people would pay $10 a month to get like access to finance tips or things like that. And there's a few other Cast business. for capital. Sorry. Our <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, there's a few other things like that. But each time they had approached me, I knew there was an ulterior motive. Either they wanted a resume line, which seemed to be most of it, um, or they wanted quick cash. And for me, I was like, I'm not resonating with these ideas. And I don't see these as like founders that I would want to do something long-term with. Then here comes Jack Munn. <laughs> um, man. Monster. The monster. Jack Munn <laughs> is, we were mutual friends. He, I had known that he was like one of the top guys in IBA, which is the Investment Banking Academy. Mm-hmm. 
I had mutual friends with him, but I didn't really know him. He was just this big jacked guy that would walk around Biff, and I just knew he was really good at finance. <laughs> <laughs> um, in fact, a quick story about this guy to show his hard work. I, I love him so much. During the investment making recruitment stage, he made a three, he, he wrote this out by the way, he did a 300 page Google Doc about everything there is to know about the world of private equity. And he studied that thing and he knew every single concept like the back of his hand. And that kind of discipline got him to be the only, only guy in recent years that went straight to private equity without going to banking from the University of Illinois. So, so that guy, this is, wow. this is what For I knew about For those that him. are listening, like my face, 300 yeah. page. Yeah. Oh, but anyways, so he, so he's a very Jagmon, bro. he's a very disciplined guy, and he's and he's a man of character. That's that's what I would say about him. But he approaches me, and he's like, "Dude, I got this idea that I think you'd be interested in." I'm like, "Here we go again, like another one of these ideas that keeps getting thrown." He's like, "Imagine, like everyone goes to the same old three bars on campus. We do the same old things, and there's so much in this community that people just don't even know about." Um, and the way his eyes lit up. I was like, I feel the exact same way. I'm a kind of guy who likes to try new experiences all the time, and I feel like I'm limited by what I know or what my friends know, right? So I was like, ooh, this could be cool, like a bucket list kind of app. That he And he had already been like making mock-ups of this on his own yeah. for the past year before he'd approached me. And it was a, he never fleshed it out because he didn't really have anyone else to flesh it out with or mm. no one else was interested. And I was like, dude, let's run with this. Let me, let me, let me help you out here. Let's, let's, let's make something happen. Um, and then that's when we're like, okay, cool. We have this great idea. We've come up with the business plan. We, um, now we need to code it. Let's yeah. go find a CS guy. Yeah. And then here comes Evan, Evan Waller, down, a finance down. major. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I can code it. Because this guy, um, we, we wanted Evan in particular because whether he knows more than a CS major or not, this guy's discipline and his interest in self-education when it comes to computer science, unmatched. He would make YouTube videos teaching others how to how to use Python, and the the funny thing about this is like the dichotomy with him. He is seen he was seen at the time around the business school as like a goofball, you know, like he is a very high energy character. He talks a lot in class, that kind of thing. So when I had seen that, like, wow, this guy can also put his head down and grind. I'm like, let's let's get him on our team. I want I want to go to war with him, and so that's when now fast forward almost two years later, that's what we've built. It's how the like something you just said that like kind of like jog one of my, like a thought that I had is how different people, how humble some people will be uh, versus like how their friends talk about them. Because like we just had Evan on yesterday, and he did not mention anything about the YouTube videos, and like he did not like anything about like oh I I like work like really really hard on this or anything like. And it's, I don't know. I always find that as an interesting theme that people talk very differently mm -hmm. about what they do themselves, and then they're like. If if you're doing if you're really doing it, you'll have enough people that are backing it up, like outside of you. Yeah. So. Both yeah. of them are very humble guys, and they're not going to talk about this stuff unless you ask them and pick their brain. You know, they don't go around saying, "Oh, I wrote a 300 page," or "I like learned Python." He says uh, he learned it through YouTube universities. What he like? He likes to say, "Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah." He, he, he mentioned that yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think like the people who like the people who are humble about it don't talk about it. That's how you know they're truly passionate about it. The ones who are just flexing it, like you said earlier, like the resume line, those are the ones who want it for the resume line versus like the people who want it just because they want the experience of doing it, want to learn more from it, whatever it might be, which is what I could tell all you guys are doing. That's why I love their energy, you know. This is something that I think transitions well into this, but like we're talking about like personalities of people like work really hard, right, that like are constantly doing things, right? And I think it was probably about a month now that you've you've explained it a lot, but like a month now that you guys like met up with the guys from Michigan. Uh, I just want to hear the story with that. I think the audience like love to hear that. Um, how exactly that gets set up, and then what did you take away from it? The story of Michigan. Yes. Yeah, that was a fun weekend. Um, so basically, I don't know if you guys have talked about Luke Clancy on the Overdue podcast, but he is in, quite a character. In passing, in passing. Luke Clancy is another very, very high energy guy. There's a lot of overlap between him and Evan, I think. Um, he is a junior here and he's very interested in entrepreneurship in the space. He's, he's big on Twitter. He Twitter pilled all my friends basically, basically <laughs> got them on Twitter. Yeah. That's why I'm on Twitter too. <laughs> and he cold reaches out to people a lot. So there's this other podcast called my first million. I don't know if you guys know it. Yes. Um, 
It seems like every podcast these days has one Indian guy and one white yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Austin. I said this what, was it two weeks ago. I was like, because I was like surface tension, and we were thinking of recess. We're like, it's one brown dude, one white dude. What? I was actually like, we were. I was like listening to my first million and uh, like today to like. I'm like, okay, what do they do well that we could improve upon? But okay, continue, continue. Yeah, and so on one of their episodes, they basically did a startup pitch competition with the University of Michigan, mm. and there was all these killer founders building cool things, pitching to them. And there was this one loud guy in in the in the middle of this podcast named Bobby Housel, and he kept interrupting. He wasn't interrupting, but he was like hyping up his boys. Basically, he was the kind of the organizer of Michigan's entrepreneurial community. Mm. And so Luke's trying to build something similar. Luke and Aiden Murphy at U of I, right? So Luke reaches out and he's like, "Hey, I know you're building this entrepreneurial community at Michigan. Can I can I can we hop on a call? I need some advice for building that at U of I." And the guy goes. Yeah. Also, we're hosting a uh, a founders retreat, fully paid for by the University of Michigan. You wanna you wanna come up? We'll go to a, a lake house, and you wanna bring a few of your other entrepreneurship boys, and that that just led to this. And he's like, "Yeah, let's do it." So we went up there, um, and it was it was quite an experience. We got to meet some people who had very, all of them were humble. They're all building incredible things. Yeah. Like I'll give you some examples. Like one guy, um, his name is Jake. He He's, he's basically built a sex chocolate brand <laughs> yeah. that does $5 million in revenue as a sophomore. Like, he's a sophomore? Yeah. Oh, wow. There was two guys named Noah. They have a hedge fund called Noah's Ark that has like hundreds of thousands asset under management. And they have like a side like AI company that feeds mm-hmm. them data that they built too. There was people building all kinds of stuff there. And so it was like, yeah. but they were all very humble about it. None of them talked about it unless we like extracted it from them. And so that was really cool to see the com- how important community is because they're all in the same room at Michigan working on their ideas together. And like one guy will be really good at uh, UIUX and he'll be helping like the AI team like uh, build out some sort of logo. Like it-, it was cool to see their dynamics of that. So that's it's cool that Luke's building that here as well. Yeah, I, I want to ask one qu- question about that. That's a little bit more like explorative. But for someone that's listening that maybe wants to end up getting access to like those type of people like how would you recommend they go about doing that like where's the starting point and i know it's simple answer is action right but i just like to hear your perspective on this i like your answer at best but I'll, I'll give a little twist on it one of my favorite quotes actually um if you and this can be applied to a lot of things but if you if you go and try and chase the butterflies they'll fly away but if you build a beautiful garden you'll attract all the butter- butterflies to you and if not, at least you have a beautiful garden that you built, right? Same kind of thing. Instead of going to like hop on networking calls and coffee chats and meet all these cool people, build something yourself. That way there's something for them to kind of latch onto you too. And you can provide them value in certain ways, you know? Um, that was one thing I saw. Cause like Jacob, Luke, um, Aiden, and I had all started building things. That's why we even got the opportunity to go to this retreat, right? It's not like we were like trying to get access to this network. Yeah. We were focusing on building our things and naturally opportunities come our way. Wow, I re- I really resonate with what you said. I think uh, we've no I've noticed that here at U of I a lot. Like, there's a lot of people. Like, I've noticed it. I've this semester I've gotten involved a lot more with like people who are in geese. Um, and I've noticed a lot of geese is people who are kind of networking gods is like a term that's been thrown around a lot. I'm sure you've heard it. Oh gosh, yes. Better be careful using the term networking around Rohan. Oh, yeah. Gosh, no, please. No. So I think that. Networking, it kind of is, it kind of just... bothers me a little bit. So, my bad. No, um, no, building relationships. Building building relationships. That's more um, like it. <laughs> no, because, right, because networking seems like forced. It seems like, oh, I'm just building a relationship to get something out of it, which is Feels not. transactional. Right, right. Yeah. And that's like something that isn't, that, that you shouldn't be like trying to build a relationship for. So And I mean it's not to say that like unless you're building something, don't talk to people. It's not like right. that at all. No. Going in trying to meet as many people as possible and increase that surface area of the opportunities you could get is a great idea, you know? Yeah. I uh I'll just share like a quick personal example of yeah. like this that is essentially how I met Rohan. Is like me and a third were working on like define trajectory, whatever, a third of applies for PGN. He has on his thing and then Rohan follows up with a freshman about their workout plan thing, which is like such like a, that's such a you thing to do. You know what I mean? Well, you you don't want to like, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, you followed up with us and then like we got to know you through that. And it's like, even if you don't necessarily see that it's how it's going to happen, if you start doing things, it'll attract people that are doing things, which is essentially what you just said. Dude, I, I told some friends about that. Like I was like, yeah, these, these freshmen, um, he, they created like a, 
workout plan business to find trajectory. And they're like, why would you pay them or why would you go to them for like a workout plan? Like you're, you can probably bench more and like they're just freshmen. What do they know? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, there is something you can learn from everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very easy to be like, oh, I'm older. I have more experience. I know more than you. But I think deep down, if you do enough digging, there's everyone's got some sort of lesson to teach you. So yeah. you guys inspire me too. That that hits home. No, <laughs> Thank um, you. yeah, no. We've heard that. We've heard that. We heard that yesterday. We've heard that co- time and time again. Now, like throughout this semester, last semester, there, everyone everyone has something that that they can teach you. I mean, even like, this right now. I I have the recess <laughs> podcast right, and we've been working on it for like since August. This setup in this room is way cooler <laughs> than any setup that we've ever had for recess. This is fascinating. I'm actually very impressed with this right here. So there's a lot I can learn even in the podcast realm. Yeah, I mean, I've said this like three times, but when you only have an hour and a half of in-person class a week, <laughs> you, you could put a lot of effort into a podcast. Well, it's all well worth it. I like this. So, yeah, what I'm looking at the board. I see something that I want to talk about. Um, I've heard on like your podcast before. I've listened to some episodes um, about how your perspective or like a big framework shift that you had was living in India for a while. So how was that? Pro- like, how was that? Mm. And then what did that? What exactly did you learn from that? Oh, interesting. So I never lived in India. Oh, uh, I yeah. guess I lived there for three weeks. Okay. Um, uh, so basically, I've historically I have a lot of family in India, but I've only gone to the nicer parts. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I believe it was after my junior year in high school. I wanted to take a solo trip there. And so I Ooh. went to India um, and I was in a new city that I hadn't usually gone to in Gujarat. And on one of my day, and I was doing like this volunteer internship to help some company like improve their social media or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. But on one of my days off, it was a Saturday. I was like, I kind of want to explore the villages because I've never seen that. Mm-hmm. Right? So it piqued my interest. And so I get in this auto rickshaw, which is like a taxi there. And I'm driving and I see this interesting scene. So I asked the auto rickshaw driver, like, wait, can I step out of the car for a sec? And there are these women um, and like small school children carrying these heavy pots of water on their head, like carrying it out of a giant well. And I'm like, wow, this is interesting. And so I start taking photos of the scene because I'm like, this is something I haven't seen in life. This is uh, whatever, right? And so one of the women, she actually like, she doesn't get mad at me, but kind of in a way she's like, oh, you, in Hindi, she told, she said this. She's like, oh, you Westerners like to think our situation is so interesting, but no one actually likes to come and help out. Like my kids can't even go to school because they're sick from this water that we drink and it's the only water that we have. And we have to walk half a mile just to have that kind of, just to have a basic need. And I was like, wow, like, that hit me because I'm so used to having water from my fridge. I can even drink tap water and I'll be fine in America, right? So these are things that I've always taken for granted. So I'm like, I want to do something about this and help this specific village. And so I went when I went back home to D.C., I created a kind of a, a mini campaign to fundraise about $2,000 worth of Life Straws, which is this product I discovered that removes almost 99% of pathogens and bacteria from any water source. And so I contacted a different nonprofit in that area of the Kaser Good Village, which I was at. And I was like, hey, if I fundraise for these life straws, will you um, help distribute these to those villagers and educate them about the benefits of this? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. And so then like about two months later, after fundraising like 2.5K, I get a WhatsApp text of like 100 children holding up their life straws, like saying thank you. And I was like, wow, that's empowering. That's got to be like life. That's got to be life changing. So that was cool. And then after that is when I like created my the nonprofit. Um with my sister and cousins called Health Shine, which basically now works to improve the lives of their, the health and education of underserved communities all around the world. But the biggest thing I got from that as well was like my new, the way I live life now is basically around this philosophy of you can't always control what happens to you in life, but you always control how you react to it. And since then I've gone down this rabbit hole of trying to figure out how to like control my emotions a little bit more and make sure that I see the benefits out of, Sometimes situations that seem like they're lots of adversity. Interesting. Uh, that, that's 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 <clears throat> inspiring, genuinely. Um, and that I, I was gonna ask a question, and then I I think like that this that might be your answer, but I want to hear anyway. Um, out of like all these things that you've done, just because you've done so much, what have you? Can you talk about now and have like the most pride in that you've done? Um, it could be multiple answers too. Wait, out of the things I've done, what I have the most pride in? Yes. Or like that you look back <laughs> and you're like, I'm very happy I did that. That was the most fulfilling. Mm. I would have to say Health Shine. 
Um, I don't run it like operationally anymore. It's now my, my cousins and my sister have kind of done their own projects, but like the impact that they've made as well as like the initial start with the water project has brought in like during COVID when India was going through some terrible stuff, we donated like thousands of PPE equipment and we were able to fundraise a lot of this. Um, there's been like female healthcare hygiene products that we've delivered to them. We've given technology to underprivileged kids in schools. Like we funded schools with like uh, uh, touch pads and iPads. And it's also like my home country. And I feel very blessed that my parents were able to create a good life for me. They were both from India originally. And they came here because they knew that they want their kids to have a proper education and good opportunities in life. And so for me, just to have that chance to even give back to my own heritage country meant, means a lot. Yeah, I, I I feel like I can resonate with that a little bit, yeah. too. I've been to India a couple of times. I'm <clears throat> also Indian, for those of you who haven't seen my face. <laughs> um, yeah. You just mentioned that all podcasts are one Indian and one white. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Well, I'm the Indian one. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, I've been to India. I've seen, like, the street. Like, look up a picture. People know how India is. I have relatives. I've seen, like, people, like, limping on the streets, people, like, sweating, drenched, and I – and I can understand like really how like saddening it is to see that when you go visit India and then and then how you come back and you're like and you take everything for granted on on a daily basis then you come back you're like wow I can just turn on my faucet clean water I can just open up my fridge my parents have food stocked for me and like exactly it's yeah. just I mean the thing is also India's changed a lot over the last 20 25 yeah, years yeah that that's still what some people think of India as it's become pretty developed in a lot of parts, and those are the parts that I usually go to. So that's when I was like, I want to see these parts that are not as developed um, and get a taste of what that's like. And so that's why that's where I saw that. Yeah, uh, through hearing like you and like Jacob talk about, because Jacob was in Africa for a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that on Sunday. Um, but yeah, like through hearing you guys talk about that, and I also like had a conversation with Jacob about this, because I was talking about studying abroad, right? And how, how I want to like study abroad in Spain. And a big like reason for that is because like I want to learn like I want to be fl- come back fluent mm-hmm. Spanish, would prefer not to have the the lisp like Corazon, you know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you know you know we take what we can get. Um, but yeah, and I was talking to, like Jacob about it like going and spend, and he was basically saying that if depending on what I want to get out of it, if I was studying abroad in Spain, in a lot of ways, not in not entirely, but it would be like U of I in Spain. Because, like, the people you're surrounded by, like, you're still comfortable. You're still in that community, like, pretty much the same community, right? And um, I had talked about how I want to go to, like, Puerto Rico as well as, like, Venezuela or, like, Colombia at one point, too. And he said, like, he was, like, tell me, he's, like, yeah, like, that would be a lot more perspective changing. And I think he's, like, I think you would get, like, a lot more out of it. And, like, through your guys' stories about that, that's something that's made me this is just an idea, right? Like I have no flights planned or anything like that. So until I'm actually booking the flights, this is just an idea. Mm-hmm. But that is something that has inspired me in a lot of ways to potentially want to live in Venezuela. For I got a friend from Venezuela, um, came here when he's 18, long story. Um, but yeah, like that has opened me up to that idea. Otherwise I never would have been before. I love that. I think just sometimes we're so trapped in our own bubble of where we live that we forget to see like, here's how other parts of the world really are. And it helps you see things in different ways. One thing I will say, though, is, but yes, a lot of our friends who went to Spain to study abroad happened to spend time together because they all knew each other, right? I was just I just met this guy named Matt. He went he studied abroad in Spain at the same time. And I was asking him, I'm like, oh, do you know all these other friends that I have who studied abroad in Spain? He's like, no, I don't know any of them. I was like, how? Like everyone from U of I who goes to Spain knows each other. But it's what you make of it. Yes. He, he yes. stayed in a what do you call them? Hostel? Yeah. No, no, not just hostels. Yes, hostels, but also in like a, it's like a, he stayed oh. with the family. Oh. oh. Uh, host family. Ho- ho- yes. Yeah. Like homestead or some, something yes. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah I know yeah, it. Yeah. And I, so I, I he had this whole nother experience where he visited 14 different countries and most of them were all solo trips. And so even if you go to Spain, it's what you make of it, you know? So don't deter a country uh, just because there's other U of I people. Oh, yeah. no, for sure. Yeah. And I think that goes for like, every, like I mean, that goes for everything, right? And, um, yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, literally. Like, I you, like that idea. Wherever you go, like, there's, there's cool things. Just Yeah, you, you go somewhere with your group of friends, like, go talk to someone new. You, you, when you go back, your friends are still going to be there, so go make new connections. Like you guys said, and like everyone said in the past few days that I've talked to before, you have something to learn from everyone. So it's always good to talk to someone. Yeah, I want to flow into, like, a little final segment here. 
Um, but yeah, when I like brought up the idea of the whole like if I were a freshman again thing, uh, like this is this is you, like as in like this is the thing that you I think you would be like very interested in. Um, but looking back like your college career, right? Um, we'll kind of break it down. But was there any like RSOs you wish you joined? Is there any things you communities you wish you tried to like reach out to more? Um, in that <sighs> sense. <clears throat> Also, I want to add to that. Anything you may have done, like, junior or senior year that you wish you would have done freshman or sophomore mm-hmm. year? <laughs> that's a very loaded question. Yeah, um, yeah, that's loaded. Um, it's a good question, though. And there's a lot of value. In- I have a lot of answers. I'm trying to figure out how to structure this or where to start. Number one, I love what you two are doing. Like, this podcast that Jacob and I started at Recess, we've been able to meet – so, okay, so someone came up to me, and they're like, I want to start a podcast, but, like, no one's going to listen to me. And I was like, okay, so what? The benefits you get from starting a podcast go far beyond anyone who's listening to you, right? Today, we did a podcast with Manu Adekara. He's a Forbes 30 under 30, head of iVenture. He's just, like, really very interesting guy to talk to, right? Assuming no one listens to this podcast, number one, I got to meet someone cool, right? And take an hour out of his day when he's a busy guy, usually wouldn't just take half an hour for a coffee chat, right? Number two, I get to practice articulating my thoughts, become a better communicator, ask proper questions, and become a conversationalist. So now those two alone, forget if anyone's listening, I already got benefits out of this, right? So if I had started earlier, this could have compounded a lot more because we just started summer after junior year. Um, So props to you guys. I love that you're doing this. Thank you. Um, Same thing with like, like the newsletter that I have, the Tuesday Toast, if I had started that freshman year or sophomore year, it would have been nice. But at the same time, I was busy enough with like all the, the consulting stuff and all that, right? One thing I would say is I'm very happy with how college went in terms of like the mix of fun, the mix of finding things that give me life. And my, my favorite, Steve Jobs said it best um, in his commencement speech. This, this is a phenomenal speech if you haven't seen it. Um, but he basically said, You can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you just have to have this blind trust and optimism that everything's going to work out the way it's supposed to, right? Um, And that doesn't mean it always will. But having that as a guiding principle just helps, at least for me, helps me do everything with a lot more confidence. So if I hadn't – so say say freshman year, I was like, okay, I don't like consulting or whatever. I'm just going to do a podcast and newsletter and let that be all my time, right? Um, I wouldn't have met a ton of the people I know now. I wouldn't even have met Jacob. I met Jacob through ICA, which is the Illinois Consulting Academy, right? It's because of that that we even have a podcast in the first place. So I, it's easy for me to say I wish I started all this earlier, but who knows? I might have also started it later if it weren't for these these kinds of experiences. Um, second answer is I wish I went abroad. I, I'm in the technology management minor program, and for that, you're not allowed to go abroad because junior and senior year, you have to take a set amount of classes. Um, and so... I'm not going to say that I regret doing TNM necessarily. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, if I were to go back, I would not do TNM. I'd go abroad. <laughs> um, what else? Yeah, those are the, there was too many on my mind that those are the first two that came to mind. Yeah. And then if you were to connect your own dots, right, what would be like the big three checkpoints, you think? Because um, you are at the point where you look okay. back and you get to connect them a little okay, let bit. Let me tell you a little. Okay, so... <clears throat> Jack Munn actually did this exercise with me on the train. And I didn't know he was doing an exercise on me. I thought he just was just curious about my life. But he was actually, he had some sort of an, uh, a different motive. He basically asked me on the train on the way back from Champagne one day in summer. He's like, Rohan, why are you the way you are? I'm like, what? Where is this coming from? What does that even mean? He's like, you do all these things. Like, what, what fuels you? What, what drives you? Why are you interested in, like, doing, like, all these different student orgs and podcasts, newsletter, and all this stuff? I was like... Oh, um, uh, I don't know. I guess it was because in track and field or in high school, I was very involved as well. I was like track and field captain. I was in a few other different orgs. And he's like, okay, why were you interested in all of those? Or why did you want to become track and field captain? I was like, oh, because basically we went on this like long chain of events. And it all came down to the show I watched as a kid called Naruto. I don't, have any of you seen it? I've heard of to it. To this day, if, if I were to get any tattoo on my body, it would be something related to Naruto because this changed my life. This show is about a small little scrawny kid named Naruto who is the clown of the village. He wants to become the greatest ninja of all time, and everyone just laughs at him because he can't do any of the, the tricks or the powers that all his classmates can. And you watch this progression 
of intense character development of him going from this nobody who everyone makes fun of to the greatest and most respected ninja of all time. And that show did something for me internally where it's like, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you start with. You can make something of yourself, right? Now, here's the funny thing. The guy who showed me the show, his name was, I'm not going to say his name. Let's just say Jake. Let's just say Jake. Let's just say Jake. He, why did I even get to meet him or why did I get introduced to the show? Because he was my, he lived two, two doors down from me. So because of the place that I was like born into, I met this guy. He was one of my best friends in middle school, right? He, the difference between him and I is I had finished the show. I had seen the progression of when Naruto started as a kid, but got to become this like person that everyone was like, wow, look at what he's done. He stopped the show as Naruto was still a kid. And you know what's funny? You know where he is now? He's in max security prison for possession of assault rifle and a ton of drug dealing stuff. And it's crazy to me that like me seeing the full, I I genuinely think me seeing the full progression of this character like lit a fire in me that I wish he had finished the show. It's weird. So that was a huge inflection of my life, just watching Naruto in general. Um, (laughs) Yeah. No, that's got me. Wow. I think I can speak for both me and Oscar. We're speechless right now. No, that's like, like, you usually never get to like dive that deep into like. So basically this exercise, tying it back, Jack was like, basically you are a culmination of the relationships you have and the experiences you have. And that's what Galleon's all about. <laughs> Trying new things with new people. Um, so that's when I was like, man, this guy knows how to, how to get a crowd going. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would say that's one of the biggest inflection points in my life. Just that show, Naruto. I'm going to think about, like, what mine would be after this. Like, um, yeah. I want to go down that rabbit hole of, like, wow. That, that's, re- that's really got me thinking. I guess but. another one was probably just track and field in general. Um, I barely made the cut freshman year. And, um, I started watching all these, like, that's when I got into this Gary V and <laughs> Goldcast, Goldcast, yeah. man, yeah. those YouTube videos yeah. of like, and like David Goggins and all of those kinds of people who were like motive. That's when I got into like self-help and motivation. Mm-hmm. And so I still like that stuff to this day, even though a lot of it's corny and cheesy. Um, so that was, that was huge for me. Interesting. I feel like a lot of us like have like like a similar like we're obviously all very different but like we were talking about this in the car the one day of like everyone that's like in this like that's similar to us in that sense is like had that kind of progression of like watching those gold cast videos when they were young yeah and they're like we were talking about that at the plunge yeah and then like you go through like a david goggins phase and then it's like <laughs> it was a cool full circle did evan talk about that on the on the podcast the oh, david goggins thing yeah it was yeah. a cool full circle also at that michigan retreat uh it was snowing and we were yeah. on lake michigan so we all did a cold plunge and we went down there in the lake, and then Jacob took a photo, and he, and he, and he tagged David Goggins, like, stay hard. And David Goggins put that on his own Instagram story, which is kind of cool. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Three weeks? Two wow. weeks? Is it two weeks for you, mm-hmm. Well, What's the, out of, out of that list, going, like, back to the beginning of what you're saying, what's, like, the biggest thing you want to do that's still on that list that's left unchecked? <sighs> um, I could have revisited it. Um, I'd say it's that one. It's that one. That's the most uncomfortable one for me on there. I had a ask a stranger on a date to a candle making workshop. Oh, how'd that go? Um, it's $40 per person. <laughs> so, so maybe we'll go to McDonald's instead or something. <laughs> um, so I don't know. There's a, I got to revisit the list and see what else is on there. But I'm just trying to make sure that I'm making memories and stories every day. Like two nights ago, I had an assignment due at 8 a.m. And it was 11.30 p.m. that I hadn't started for finance. And my friend... My friends downstairs at West Quad called me up and they're like, hey, you want to go see the Northern Lights? I was like, what? Um, yeah, like, let's do it. And so we drove half an hour off campus and you could see the Northern Lights in, in Champaign, Illinois, actually. That was like, that was one of those things where, sure, I had to stay up till 3.30 in the morning to finish up that assignment that I didn't want to do. But it was like, to get this kind of experience out of it, so worth it. Dude, it's all about the experiences. We yeah. we heard that from Casper the other day. And I think me and Austin, we we agree with that too all about the experiences yeah and uh i want to i want to wrap it up with one more question right so pick one or two pick one or two just the number two two <laughs> i okay same as evan of course um <laughs> in the next two years what's something that you're gonna get done it, like i don't want like an automatic like it's automatically gonna happen but you really want to get it done like the biggest thing like an 85 percent chance 
No matter if I said one or two, were you going to ask that question regardless? Mm-hmm. No, I was going to. It's going to be one or two years. Yeah, it was the same. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. the one or two was for the years. Yeah, <laughs> I see. In the next two years, what's something I absolutely want to accomplish? Yes. Um, I want Galleon to be in ten college towns. Ten college towns. Yes. Okay. okay. All right. And on that note, if you ever want to find find out more about the local gems in your community, check out Galleon. <laughs> uh, little plug, real quick. But um, yeah. No, on that note, that was an awesome conversation. It's always great to like hear because people like see where you're at now, but a lot of people forget like like are very blind to like all like the path to get there. And it's always great to hear that because a lot of people are like, oh, I was just like that, you know? Here's one thing I'll say about that, actually. And this is something it took me a while to learn. Um, but even I, I said at the beginning of college, I was like, oh, you have to do one of these three routes in order to be successful. That's kind of what I got fed, right? Mm. Even within that, I was like, okay, in order to be get like my dream consulting job, I have to join IBC. I have to join ICA. I have to join TNM. I have to do all these different things in order to fit this cookie cutter template of what that job wants out of me, right? Um, but now, now that I have it, like, I was talking to some people who work there now, they all have totally different paths. There's not one right path to go. Right. Yeah. And so what it made me realize over time is like, like everyone wants to give you their advice, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone has their two cents. Um, and it's like, take advice with a grain of salt because people will try and give you their winning lottery ticket numbers, but that doesn't mean that's what worked for them is going to work for you. Yeah. And it's just, I think dangerous to use like someone else's map of reality in order to navigate your own, you know? So take everyone's advice, but then learn how to filter what's actually useful from the noise. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you feel? How do you feel about like, you know, joining Bain in October? I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. New new chapter. That's, that's how you're going to, you got to say hi to everyone, right? That's how you're going to make the new friends out there. Yeah. Giving fist bumps while people are walking through the office. That's what what Evan was talking about yesterday. Give everyone a fist bump. That's what I'll do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on this on this note, we will wrap it up. Thank you for coming on. It was a great episode. And uh I'm seriously very proud of you guys. Like this is this is a pretty professional setup and you guys are really good as hosts. I think keep this going another at least three years. Man, who knows who you guys are gonna be. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. And we got to see your 10, 10 Galleon uh, cities or whatever. <laughs> hey, two years, we'll have Rohan on again. We'll see Galleon in 10, 10 plus, hopefully, college towns. And yeah, no, I'm actually like clipping up all those and putting them in a folder. Yeah. And then we're going to see if who, who actually comes through on it. Yeah. But yeah, hope all of you guys have a great rest of your day. And thank you for listening. Goodbye.